Hey, it's Claire Donnelly. So many traffic lights within such a short distance. And if you hit them red after red after red, it's kind of annoying in the morning. You probably know that feeling. Maybe you're back in the office these days and back to a morning commute. Maybe you're going in just a few days a week for meetings and things. Or maybe you're still working from home. Regardless, if you're driving, nothing is more annoying than hitting back-to-back red lights while rushing to get somewhere. Not only is it irritating, but it wastes time and gas and can encourage risky driving habits, like speeding to make the next light. Today, we're pulling another FAQ City episode out of the vault. In 2019, WFAE's Nick Delacanal took a look at why some intersections' traffic lights might be off and how you can let the city know. That's just ahead on FAQ City. Hey guys, it's Nick Delacanal, and we have a question this week from listener Christine Thomas. I met her in Uptown Charlotte early one morning. Christine, I know you're just kind of getting your day started. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Also, I should say that we're joined by your dog, Reggie, here. Hey, Reggie. Yeah. I'm very talkative in the morning. <laughs> Christine and Reggie share an apartment in Uptown, and just about every weekday, Reggie has to get dropped off at doggy daycare before Christine heads to work. That means the two jump in the car around 7 a.m. and drive out of the city via Mint Street. But here's the thing. Some days I literally come to a stop at every single traffic light, which is kind of annoying. Even when there's no cars on the side streets. And I'm like, why? It got to the point where Christine was so fed up, she wrote in to FAQ City. I wanted to know if the city of Charlotte has like a smart traffic light system set up that actually recognizes traffic flow. And if so, then what's causing her to hit so many red lights? And could the city better coordinate them to keep things flowing? Like Christine, I bet a lot of people have found themselves hitting red light after red light on some roads. Or perhaps you've been stuck at an intersection thinking, this light has been red for so long. Too long. And the truth is, there could be a number of reasons why. There are all kinds of invisible mechanics working behind the scenes at every intersection, and you'd never notice them, unless you know what to look for. So today, we're going to break down the ins and outs of signal timing, and at the same time, help Christine figure out her dilemma. So Christine, you've graciously agreed to let me ride along on your commute today. But before we do that, I want to fill you in on a few things that I want us to keep an eye out for. And so this was stuff that I learned while talking to the city's traffic engineer a little bit earlier. So we have to remember these things, okay? Okay. Okay. The first thing Nathan Connard, a transportation systems manager, said that we should know is that Charlotte has three types of intersections, the wire loop, the camera controlled, and the fixed loop. First, the wire loop. At these intersections, tiny wires have been placed into the pavement and can sense when metal passes over them. For instance, cars. Here's Connard. You can actually see the cuts. They're usually about rectangular in shape, and they'll typically be positioned, you know, right at the the stop bar, which is, you know, right where you use the first car would stop at a signal. And sometimes they're several feet back to catch approaching traffic. Some people think they're weighing the cars, but no, it's all metal detection. When the wire senses cars overhead, it will ask the light to stay green until there are no cars left, or until the green light times out. It's only going to give 
the amount of time appropriate for however many cars are there. The second type of intersection is controlled by cameras. These are easy to spot because Charlotte doesn't have any red light cameras. So if there's a camera at an intersection, that's what it's there for. They work just the same as wires, but the cameras visually detect the vehicles and instruct the light to stay green until the lane is clear. And then the final type of intersection is one that doesn't have cameras or wires and only runs on a timer with a preset loop. These only make up about 10% of the city's 840 traffic lights. So Christine and I need to tell the intersections apart because they might offer us a clue. Back in uptown, we jump into the car with Reggie the dog in the back seat and get ready for the morning commute. Okay, so the traffic engineer said the first step is to find out what kind of intersections we're dealing with. So how about you look for cameras as we're driving and I'll look for wire loops? Sounds good. Cool. We need to know this because sometimes the cameras and wires are prone to screwing up. Conard says sometimes the cameras can't see well. It can have issues with, say, like glare from the sun or if it's like really low lighting conditions uh, or foggy conditions. And the wires can also have struggles. They can't always detect motorcycles or bikes, and... If the pavement is not in good condition, it could deteriorate, you know, pretty quickly and eventually uh, not become effective. So, armed with this knowledge, Christine and I buckle our seatbelts and get ready to head out, hoping for probably the first time ever to actually hit a few red lights today. And coming up... There's a camera there. Yep, right there. Oh, yep, there's the camera. We'll try to green light and answer. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after a quick break. Hey, Claire Donnelly again. Thanks to the thousands of listeners who donated during WFAE's fall fundraising campaign. If that was you, thank you for making FAQ City possible. And if you're a procrastinator, never fear. You can still make a donation in any amount to support this community-minded podcast. Just click the donate button on WFAE.org and thanks. We're back and before the break, Christine and I were beginning our drive down Mint Street during the morning rush. She's keeping an eye out for traffic cameras. I'm looking for wire loops. And it only takes us a minute to hit the first intersection. And we've got a red light. <laughs> got a red light. We don't see any cameras or wires in the pavement, so we keep driving. The next intersection hits us with a green light still no cameras or wires then at the third light we stop at red and there's a camera there yep right there oh yep there's the camera we make a note and drive on martin luther king jr boulevard another red light then across fifth street without getting stopped and finally south graham and it's another red light we only spot one other camera at martin luther king jr And we're not sure if it's for the intersection or security at the ballpark. I also didn't see any wire loops at any of the intersections. All told, we had six intersections and hit four red lights, and the majority of intersections did not appear to have cameras or wire loops, much to my and Christine's disappointment. It seems we can't blame this one on malfunctioning equipment. So if that's not it, Nathan Conard says the next thing to consider is the time of day. He says sometimes streetlights get out of sync when they switch over from, say, an overnight traffic pattern to a morning rush pattern. And that can sometimes take a minute, Conard says. Sometimes it's it's really quick. Sometimes it's less than a cycle, but sometimes it takes a couple cycles for, you know, the intersection to get back uh, 
kind of get back in sync with each other. But he said on Mint Street, the switch from overnight to morning rush typically happens around 6 a.m., and we're driving at 7, so that can't be it either. So if it's not faulty equipment and it's not a time-of-day issue, Conard says, unfortunately, the most likely reason for Christine's red-light commute is the basic limitations of timing traffic in an urban area. Much as he wants to get everyone a green light every time, and in a perfect world he would, unfortunately, and especially in areas with lots of crisscrossing streets, we're not always going to be able to progress every direction of every street. Um, and that's just, I mean, that's beyond signal timing thing to kind of fix. That's just physics. That said, there are opportunities to make things better. The city could invest in more cameras and wires at those uptown intersections, and engineers can always work on fine-tuning their traffic patterns. Also, some traffic engineers have speculated that one day, far in the future, if or when self-driving cars ever become the norm, we might be able to get rid of traffic lights altogether. Our interconnected cars could zoom through intersections from any direction without stopping or getting hit. And wouldn't that be the day? But until then, is there anything Christine can do? I mean, after we drop off Reggie at Doggy Daycare, of course. Here we are. You ready, bud? You can nicely quiet. Yeah. After we get Reggie checked in, Christine and I debrief in the parking lot. I tell her what the city told me that the best way to alert traffic engineers of a frustrating series of traffic signals is to dial 311 then press 5 for other city services and let the operator know what intersection is causing problems and the time of day you're driving. The DOT says it does have people reading every complaint, and if an intersection has a particularly bad rep, they'll send out an engineer to investigate. And even if no one calls in to complain, the DOT says every intersection gets retimed, no matter what, every two years. And that's to keep up with our growing city and its ever-changing traffic patterns. So, even though things are bad right now on Mint Street? Well, it could definitely get better, that's for sure. There's still hope for Christine and other drivers that maybe in the next retiming, it could get better. Thanks to Nick Delacanal for reporting and producing that episode a couple of years ago. I'm glad we got to dust it off this week. You can check out all of FAQ City's past episodes at wfae.org slash FAQCity or subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the NPR One app. And if you have a question about people, culture, traffic, or anything really related to the Charlotte area, get in touch via the submission box at wfae.org and we might answer your question in an upcoming episode. Until next time, I'm Claire Donnelly. 